Super Friends with Eric Esquivel. Welcome back to Super Friends, everybody. I'm joined today by Baby Badass himself, Dave Schrader. Dave, welcome to the show, man. Glad to be here. So, yeah, we're talking about your favorite Superman uh, series, which is? Uh, it's Red Sun. Yay, and uh, I love Red Sun. Yeah, I mean, it's like, I was a kid when I read a lot of Supermans, and I don't really retain them as much. So sure. as an adult, like, I was introduced to this. I was like, oh, this seems like a cool idea. So I read it. I really liked it a lot. And, you know, I'm again, I don't want to pass myself off as any kind of Superman expert. <laughs> I just want to get that out there at the beginning. But I did like it a lot. And, uh, yeah, hopefully I can discuss it with some semblance of... It'll be great. Yeah, be okay. Great. So, uh, so as a non-Superman guy, what drew you to this story? We should say it's written by Mark Miller. And, and drawn by Dave Johnson and Killian Plunkett. Yeah. Um, I think it's because it's the inversion aspect of it. It's like, you know, playing with the conventions of, okay, you know, you don't have to be from here. What if you're from somewhere else mm-hmm. and, like, you just take on those, those that aspect of their society and it's like, oh, that's the good thing. That's, you know, yeah. the, the Soviet Union's the good guy in this one. And, yeah. you know, it seems kind of obvious, but I like the way they handled it and I think especially like in this day and age, it's, it's, a little, it's a little more relevant than maybe it was even in 2000. Yeah, absolutely. So for people who haven't read it, the pitch for the story is that uh, Superman lands in a collective farm in the Ukraine instead of in Kansas. Right. Uh, so it, I think it said it was like a three-hour delay. So the planet had... Actually, they said it was, only a few, it was only like 18 minutes or oh, something. Okay. So it was even less. So, so it's, it shows you like, you know, just that little twist of fate. That's that, so, so cool. yeah, something like that. So he was raised with uh, Soviet ideals. Yeah. Like a, a Marxist. In a, in a, in, on like a farm. So mm-hmm. it's the same thing. It's just like, you know, uh, the Soviet farm and mm-hmm. good farm boy with, uh, yeah, yeah. with the Stalinist ideals. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so his costume is, is dramatically different. Instead of having the S on the chest, it's a hammer and sickle, right. which is a very striking image. And then right. he has these dull, like, grays because he doesn't want to stand out from the crowd. Yeah. Marxists aren't into, like, exceptional individuals. <laughs> Like collective effort, so right. he's just wearing the working man's like right. uniform to go to work. And- he's like an individualist collectivist. Like it's uh, he was representing that, and I also like the artwork had that um, you know had that uh, propaganda look yeah. to it. Like especially like posters, uh, yeah, yeah, very cool. Absolutely, absolutely, and yeah. So I've always thought in culture outside of comics, it was interesting how people who were like the most patriotic or like the most religious are always people who like just happened to grow up in the place where that was the country. You know, like <laughs> right. no, no one's like really into America and they're born like in Uganda. You know, it's <laughs> right, like wherever right. you're from is conveniently what you love. Well, there, I would say there's an aspect of that that's it's maybe it's because we've sold that. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, with the, the immigrant experience, there is some of that. Like sure, especially sure. you get a cab driver and like, hey, I always heard about coming to. America and all sure, that, and sure. but it, the weird thing is, you see a lot of these people have have higher education, and they come here, and then they're doing more menial type of jobs, and it seems sure. like you know maybe they got sold a bill of goods sometimes about like what America is, especially the dream, these yeah. days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this story is interesting because it's the height of the Cold War too, so that's a good era to set this in. Obviously, with right. Russia and America tension, and and in America, Luther's still an American, mm-hmm. and he's married Lois Lane mm-hmm. in this version. She's Lois Luther, Lois Luther, and that's really cool. And he's sort of Lex is the American Superman, right? That's that's really interesting. Like he's the one who starts the Cold War or like the arms race, right, basically. Right. And I like how they brought a lot of the other characters into it with like Wonder Woman and mm-hmm. um, how Jordan I think is Hell wedged Jordan. in there somewhere. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, everybody's in the in the bat and what they did with Batman. It was pretty cool as he's the the um, well. I let you talk about. Oh it. yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, no. So are you a DC guy in general? You know, 
it, it's a little bit of a mix. Mm-hmm. I, I've, I read Marvel comics. My brother was more into comics than I was. Okay. I actually, as a kid, I was into like Charlie Brown books and Bugs Bunny cartoons oh, cool. and all that stuff. Cool. And, and like, I, you know, you could ask me like the first 12 years of The Simpsons. I know every bit of dialogue. <laughs> so there wasn't a lot of room as I got older when I would go back to comics. But I read I read some Marvel books like the Fantastic Four mm-hmm. and, and um, I like the Hulk. Mm-hmm. Uh, but DC... DC's always there. I think we talked about that a little bit. It's mm-hmm. like it's so it's so prevalent in everyone's life, even if you don't think you are. Like, no, you know Wonder Woman and Batman. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, We're saying it's like the Bible. Where like, if you haven't read the Bible, you still know like Adam and Eve and Job and Joseph. You know like, the basics, yeah, especially yeah. how they like take a lot of these characters and they're like, like the Christ figure and stuff. But uh, mm-hmm. Wonder Woman, I'm a big fan of, actually. Oh, cool, I love cool. the history of Wonder Woman. That fascinates me. Um, I read all the George Perez uh, run I think from in the mid eighties. So yeah. I thought that was really really good. She's and great. It was after I saw the movie, I was like I went back and like kind of read those. Oh, and cool. um, yeah, I mean there's certainly a little bit of a um, the Boy Scout aspect of like well not just DC but of Superman in particular. Sure, sure. But uh, let's talk about one day since you're a fan of her. How did you like her portrayal in the story? <laughs> it it seemed like it harkened back a little bit to what they would do with her in the past. Mm-hmm. Sometimes how she was almost like subservient in a way. And to um, yeah, to, 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 you're talking about Wonder Woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I, I did like how she had a thing for him and he's like, this is so oblivious and didn't really know it. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's pretty funny. And he even at one point tells her like, I, I wonder, I just always wonder if people like me. And that, yeah, yeah. that to me is a very much uh, like a Superman thing to say. You know, he is this, this like para, paragon of like, good mm-hmm. and he, he's always you know maybe that's in the back of his mind like do people like me and i think i can relate to that a little bit too because i think i try to be like a good person but then sometimes you sit there and go am i really a good person or am i just trying to be a good person because i want people to think i'm a good person and that's yeah, a yeah. weird thing to feel but yeah, yeah, um very, like, i may not complex. be alone in that but yeah, yeah absolutely and, and lex does not have that for a second no not at all he's, <laughs> he's completely self-assured like i love how he's like he's playing chess with everyone he's like i love how they specifically go out of the way to say yes i invented this recording device while i was in the bathroom earlier yeah, yeah. like you know like very very specific uh quick inventions that he does like just because it's it's not challenging them that's why superman's this ultimate challenge that's so funny there's like a line about like well maybe like roosevelt just became president because he liked rolling around the white house in a wheelchair <laughs> but it, but he got, he got rid of hitler but he though. got rid of hitler that's, that's right, and superman, right. So yeah like, yeah it doesn't matter what in his mind it doesn't matter why you do things just what you do it's it's the action that matters not the motivation yeah and, and he's I, like a murderous jealous coward but he's doing it for the right reasons right so. and and they they kind of extrapolate that and I, I, it's pretty cool like towards the end of the story like as they go into like what i think a billion years in the future some yeah, crazy yeah. number and like and then it becomes that that uh that paradox or it's so like, let's talk about that that yeah. allegedly that's a grant morrison idea okay uh, there was this this really popular pitch from from years ago and it was like tom pyre and mark miller and grant morrison and mark wade and they wrote this thing called superman 2000 mark wade yeah yeah oh, right, and right. it was all about like what they were going to do if they took over the book they wanted to have um four writers writing four books but co-writing all of them okay so it was a weekly superman title and they shared all their ideas and they're amazing and the pitch never came to fruition but it, it manifested itself in different ways. So, like, Mark Wade's version became uh, Birthright, and Grant's became All-Star, and okay. Mark's became uh, Red Sun. But allegedly the end of this, where Krypton is the far future version of Earth, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it's, it's a utopia created by Lex Luthor. Right. And that's why it's Jor-El. The L's Luthor. Right, right. And Cal-El is Luthor. So that was a Grant Morrison idea. Grant Morrison alleges, and Mark says it's his idea. Oh, they, so there's, they, they, there's a dispute? There's a huge, like, they don't talk anymore because there, of that. So they, they had a falling out, right? Is yeah. that correct? Okay. Mark was his, like, protege. They are both like Scottish dudes coming I, up. I did notice that there's, you know, whether it's the online hate for 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 Mark Miller, like, mm-hmm. 
like a lot of people say, oh, like, oh, it's good ideas were from. I mean, you know, you always have people on one side or the other with this stuff, but I, I don't know it. enough about it to like yeah. comment on it. Did so. you ever read the uh, Scroll Kill Crew? No, I've heard of it though. It's pretty but, great. It yeah. was their first. They kept pitching to Marvel as a team over and over again, right. and getting rejected, rejected, rejected. So they wrote one sarcastic pitch of like, <laughs> "I bet you'd greenlight this," and then that's when they got through. <laughs> well, that makes sense. And it was like the Skrulls and Fantastic Four when they were first encountered by the FF. They uh, they hypnotized them and turned them into cows. Then they, they shapeshifted into cows and made them believe they were cows, and that's how they beat them. And then this story. They're turned into hamburger meat, and teenagers eat them and get scroll powers. <laughs> and it's this like vegan manifesto from like these two Scottish vegan nerds. That sounds like it could work. It's That's probably fun. why they did it, right? Yeah, That's yeah. why they went for it. They're crazy. So I this story it. is crazy, um, right? Are you more of a fan of Elseworlds than continuity stories? No, not necessarily. And it's funny because like uh, my co-creator on on Baby Badass is a huge Superman nerd. Like oh, he knows everything about Superman. His like, name is it, Christian Horn, and and he has his he has his own podcast, uh, and he's um. He's really funny. He's very opinionated, and he knows his his shit, you know. And I don't, so I never <laughs> pretend to. So a lot of times, I can just kind of bounce things off him, like, "Hey, did this ever happen?" Or, you know, is this something that we could put in ours? Mm-hmm. And he knows. I mean, he doesn't know everything, but when it comes to Superman, it seems like he knows a lot. Like cool. this guy, I respect that. Obviously. He was so happy when they put the the red underwear, the outerwear back yeah, on, yeah, like yeah, for that. Like he he couldn't believe it because he's been harping on that since they took it away. Like mm-hmm. you can't take the underwear away. It's undignified, <laughs> which is. I <laughs> Like really, you care that much about the underwear, but he really does. So um, I love people are saying that it was uh, one of Brian Bendis's stipulations to come to DC. It was like in his contract, like you got to put, put that back, back on. on. Yeah. So let's so talk cool. about your book. You're a writer. You write and for film and for comics. Yeah, you know, I, I, I moved out here when I was 19, mm-hmm. and uh, I actually wrote a Murphy Brown spec script that got looked at, and I got an agent. You know, I was 19. I wow. didn't know anything That's that was impressive. going on. I, this is ancient times now. <laughs> um, but I started doing stand up too, so I had a lot of uh, experience, just like. I, you know, I performed at the Ice House in Pasadena cool. and in Comedy Store and um, Improv and some other places. And I actually followed Sam Kinison one time. This is yep. like, you know, I'm like 21 years old or something. Oh, so and, cool. and I'm getting ready to go on stage and Sam, they're like, Sam's here. Sam is here. And like, of course, he comes on stage and just kills and mm-hmm. like screaming and, 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 and the people sweating and throwing stuff. And, <laughs> and then it was like me, you know, like a 21 year old, like here's some dry observational humor from Dave Schrader. <laughs> and I, I learned to get off the stage like, you know, uh, uh, when it's not going well. Um, so for me, doing stand-up, I didn't really like it. Mm-hmm. I got like a pit in my stomach. You mentioned uh, being nervous for the podcast I'm nervous. For, yeah, oh, I'm nervous for the podcast. Guy. I, I no well, idea. but I did stand-up, and, and one of the things is I always felt a little bit like a phony if I was doing the same routine. And apparently, you know, you do have to do the same material and get good at it, but yeah, yeah. I always change it. So I, like, I was doing a different act like almost every time, and I'd be sick to my stomach until I hit the stage. Um, a few years later, I, I did improv, and I loved it. And mm-hmm. actually... Um, some of the guys that um, come here, uh, Peter Murrieta had a theater called Bang hmm. in uh, on Fairfax. It's not no longer there, but these guys are all from Second City. So I got like great training oh, from like Evan Gore, Teresa Mulligan, Dave Rosowski. These are all like legends in improv. And so I loved it because you were on stage with other people. Yeah. It wasn't just you and your material. Like you could just go with the flow and listen. Very collaborative, like comics. Collaborative. I, I like that. And it's like, that's what I want to do with comics too. I, w- I was late getting into comics. So yeah, I did um, I did a feature film called NoHo back in like 1995. And I went to the IFFM in New York and I had meetings at Miramax and New Line. Wow. And like, you know, it was like one of those, that was like the dawn of independent film. Mm-hmm. So um, it was somewhere in between Slacker and Clerks is where my film kind of was oh, cool. you know, thematically, yeah. but also like, you know, 
as far as a budget, gotcha. <laughs> uh, which was nothing. And, you know, I, I had some attention with that. And then I partnered up with a, a writer called Chrissy Stratton. She's, she's great. She's doing big things now. I went the other way, which is obscurity. And uh, <laughs> uh, I did a lot of things that was just more, you know, things that I wanted to do. So I didn't really fit into any kind of... Uh, box. Sure, sure. That's harder when you're not like the horror guy or the comedy guy. Like when you when you have interests that are varied or, or a tone that is varied. Right, yeah. right. I mean, I would write things like a 180-page screenplay that, of course, would never get read. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's just things that I I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And years later, you know, my dad was uh, was was in bad shape and I went home to, to stay with him for like a year or so. And I kind of reevaluated like, hey, what do I really want to do? And mm-hmm. um, part of that was of course, having maybe a job and 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 health insurance and things like that. So it, sell out. <laughs> I, I sold out a little bit, but um, part of that was just like you know I, I'll do what I want to do on the side and then still try to make a living. But it's hard. It's like sure, it's sure. almost like you do have to make that choice. What's your day gig? I work for a company that does DVD authoring, compression, and like you know, so like it's kind of in in your wheelhouse. Yeah, like and I do dress. copywriting, so I do a lot of copywriting too, mm-hmm. which is like. It's easy, but it, it's it, it it is hard when you go home and you just want to watch Netflix and relax, and you're like, no, I got to work on a screenplay or I got to like sure. prep a film. Like I just shot a film last weekend, and you know it's a short little thing for five minutes, but it still takes tons it? of prep. Oh yeah, it's called Back to the Bad, Breaking to the Future, and it's like. <laughs> uh, it's a mashup of obviously Back to the Future and Breaking Bad, so and funny. Doc Brown comes back, and Jesse's waiting by the side of the road, and he thinks he's Marty, and Marty thinks he's Mr. White, and like, <laughs> and then he talks about how bad the future really is in 2043. Actually, I love I had that some, idea. I had some tie-ins with my book with Baby Badass, oh, really? which is just like, like something I wanted to throw in there, I yeah, love that. I love just because the future gets so effed up. And your book's out through Action Lab now, right? Yes, uh, you know, it's like that's the other thing. Like, I'm sure you have people on here that are real professionals i'm kind of like coming from the other angle everyone of like feels that way no matter where you work everyone's like so someday people are going to find out that all i did was just work really hard to get here i'm such a phony <laughs> I mean, that's, like, that's the only way to get there no one's like born there well I, I mean for me it's like i always felt like i made a lot of wrong decisions or bad moves or hey you know i, I kind of burned this bridge or whatever not on purpose just you know that's just the way it goes but life is, if yeah. anything i can say is it's I, i've 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 persevered like i've been persistent and like I haven't given up like yeah. I still write I you know I have options some screenplays I've made oh, some cool. films I made a short um, not a short an actual feature called Bloodline mm-hmm. with with the guy that co-starred uh, in Back to the Bad he plays Doc Brown he does this amazing awesome. impression of Christopher Lloyd awesome awesome but um Bloodline was a horror film and Lionsgate released it. You know, it was on Netflix for a while. It was back in like the mid 2000s. And, you know, if we would have followed up and said, okay, we made this horror film, let's, let's, let's do some more. Like, Mm -hmm. again, I just, my, my attention goes somewhere else and I just work on something, some other project. So, but that's fun. That's the life you want, right? It is. It'd be nice. It'd be nice if there was like more money involved. And then, like, in the future, like, if I wanted to just travel, because I like to go, you know, and like explore different places. And, you know, you you get married and you kind of settle down and, that becomes your life, but uh, I always feel like with money, people would just would buy the lives that we have. Like right. if, if they had all the money in the world, they would be like, I would, I would buy a life where I'm in LA and I make comics and movies. I, I, I agree with and that, like, and that's what you're doing. So and, and so many people wasted on like, like, like superficial things. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. I, I want to experience life, and mm-hmm. creativity is part of that. So my whole thing is collaboration and creativity. It's like if I'm if I'm doing that, I'm kind of happy. That's great, and uh, and that's kind of where I'm at now. I think this is this has been like a, a good year. There's a lot of stuff happening now. Good man, glad yeah. to hear. It. Well, you mentioned about uh, burning bridges that like really like hits hard home with me too. Like I feel like the older you get in the creative fields, the more like you look back and see things that you've done incorrectly. Right, and like it's so hard like to to just not 
give up or, or like, like <laughs> man if i was that guy like it's elseworlds right it's like red sun where our lives are like man if i had just not told that guy to go f himself i could be working at that publisher still or that if i let that artist be a week later than i was comfortable with i could have still been working it, there's with a them. million things that happens it's, it's yeah. like that there's it's a movie called with these elseworlds sliding doors was do you ever off. see that movie sliding doors it's, no, it's, no. it's kind of a rom-com thing but i thought it did a very good job of that like in the movie gwyneth paltrow like she's getting ready to get on a train and the door closes mm-hmm. and like then at that point the movie splits into two different things if she'd got on this would have oh, happened and then it becomes her whole, whole whole life changes that's cool so i think comics does a lot of that right like getting back to what my my partner christian yeah said uh, on baby badass is that he knows all about like he'll talk about the crisis of infinite earth mm-hmm. and all and i have no idea like i just don't know any of this stuff i'm like <laughs> it, it like seems like you would have to go stuff. to fucking university can i swear on yeah, that? Sure. Like, okay you'd have to go to like a university to really well maybe meltdown university but <laughs> to Where learn you? this stuff mm-hmm. and i feel like sometimes i'm just too old or my head's too filled with simpsons dialogue to like fit in like you That's know funny. the whole new 52 or whatever else is going on i hear a lot of that but then you you also like this stuff is just culturally ubiquitous, ubiquitous too. Like right. you just absorb Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman. Right, so right. It's sort of a mixture of both, right? You can get really into the minutia or just the broad strokes of it. And I know the broad strokes. Like mm-hmm. obviously, like the Donner film is. I think it's almost like a perfect movie. Like mm-hmm. and I think I heard you say you like three better than I like all of like them. Two, two or three. Two, I like two. Okay, two with, is with more of the Zod, the Zod, Zod right? Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I need to see those again. It bums me out so much. Which one? Uh, just the origin story of Superman with like the planetary <laughs> holocaust and like Pa dying and like <laughs> right, it's such a bummer. Right. I like the fun and games aspect of the character where you see like okay, what is fun about being Superman? Right. And like the power fantasy of two of him like giving it all up and then realizing what's useful about being Superman and then right. becoming him again, being the best version of Superman ever. That's really right. cool to me. Uh, so I, I like that stuff. I like Iron Man too. I like Spider Man too. I'm always like a fan of the sequels, of the two, more than the origins. <laughs> well, yeah. Godfather two. That's yeah. also very good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you pull real film. I'm like Spider Man two. <laughs> Spider Man two delivers like... a pizza. It's amazing. Um, Superman. I, I think like you know people like to talk about him being a Boy Scout or whatever, and I think there's a lot more humor to him, and 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 not where you're laughing at him. I mm-hmm. think like there's inherent humor in the character, and I think like that's come nerd. through. I, well, Christopher uh, Reeve did a great job. I think like that's kind of the definitive guy to me, like yeah, as yeah. far as it's been. I don't know. How do you feel about the new ones? Uh, yeah, you know, <laughs> I, I see them as Elseworlds. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything at Superman's interesting to me because it always reflects the time period and also the creative forces behind it. Right. And, and so for that reason, I'll never be disinterested in a Superman film. Right. The way people interpret this character speaks volumes about where they're at in life and who they are and where we are as a species and like where like men specifically as a gender are. Like, right. Superman right now is this like navel gazing, really like doubtful, sort of like self hating contemplative introspective guy right and that's like where we're kind of at we're like oh like we need to get our stuff together and the what is the appropriate move to take and then his appropriate move is forming the justice league and having like nine more people to bounce ideas off of because he can do anything but one man shouldn't be entrusted with that much power so i like that's what they're addressing that now that's interesting i i i see i thought that would be more of just the product of say like Zack Snyder's vision of like how he sees this character but you, I see what you're saying it's more reflective of the times I think so because you don't have people gleefully powerful anymore because we don't trust power right. in any capacity I whether think, it's like a priest or like anybody and I think this book actually does a good job Red Sun does a good job of that because it's yeah. the difference between okay the, the Soviet system and, and and the U.S. democracy is like, well, it's still people. Mm. So communism could work in theory or like, you know, like Homer yeah. used to say in theory. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, it, people, 
it doesn't matter on what side if it's if it's just bad people like we have kind of now yeah. it's gonna they're gonna be doing bad things so the most beautiful thing ever in this where it's the letter that that brings her man down that lex writes <laughs> Why don't you put the whole world in a bottle, Superman? Yeah. Oh my God. There's it's this pretty beautiful good. parallel with with the bottled city of Candor and how it's the black spot of his career that he never was able to enlarge his people, and he's right. he has to just like control life for them. Every, like, and and one issue of this series, a dust mite breaks into the bottled city, and it's like Godzilla, and it just wrecks everything. Oh, see, that's awesome. I, I don't even remember that. That, oh, that part. Amazing. Like he forgot to check the air filter. He was an hour off checking the air filter because he was busy doing stuff on Earth, and a dust mite gets through and just wrecks everything like a giant kaiju and then he, he's like oh my god i'm so sorry but like he he's in control of that world they can't right. defend themselves right and that's his fault and then so lex says that's what he's making the entire world out to be and like, yeah yeah no no it's it's i thought it was fantastic and i tried to refresh uh, my memory and go through it a little bit uh before i came on here so i didn't so embarrass myself too much no, i love that you chose this one that that is something that i relate to with superman a lot as just like a human man is like my biggest character flaw is that i try to control things around me right if i have neighbors that are loud i want to go bang <laughs> on their door if i have like people on the bus with their feet up on a seat i want to like knock their feet up. like i get like this righteous indignation <laughs> right where i want to control everything around me that's 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 pretty micro it's like <laughs> it's like you know the feet up on things i I know what you're saying. Yeah. I think, but like it grows if you let that go unchecked and you let yourself like give into those impulses. I think you can become like a terrible tyrant. Like villains control and heroes adapt, right? right? And the story is about Superman exerting too much control. Yeah, it's like on, on the surface everything's great now. Like we have solved, uh, mm-hmm. you know, hunger and crime and everything else. But every it, it's this this big brother, literally big brother with him. And they're lo- lobotomizing people, right? And yeah. and then and then the and then Lutherism in the end is kind of the same thing, except just kind of extrapolated even further. You know. And this like this this um, sanitary future that it's presented as a choice though, which is the way that Luther wins. Luther is seductive, right? Where he's right. Like, do you guys want to have everything amazing? <laughs> then just agree with me. And then like he's not doing it with force. Like right. Superman is. Superman right. has a clenched fist, and Sup- and Lex is an open hand, and he's just he's like a tempter. Yeah, it's very Luciferian. You know, he he goes about it like a very uh, very clever way. I like that they yeah the end of the world is is this um, Luther world and like couples are now triads and like I've all these revolutionary ideas that right, are like right. more logical in <laughs> Luther's mind. It's super funny. It's very, very good. Um so and I also thought that he you know, one of my favorites obviously is um like Watchmen. Mm-hmm. I like I've read that at least four or five times, but sure. I actually like the movie too. Cool. Um cool. how do you feel about the movie? <laughs> uh do you like it because it expresses the book well or because it's its own thing or what's your <sighs> You know, it's funny, I saw the movie before I read. The book. Did you? That's really interesting. And, I, you know, I know it's like stylized and, you know, I just, I liked it. I just liked it on, on its own. And then when I read the book, it's like, this is pretty close to the book. Like, I don't know what everyone's <laughs> bitching. Besides the squid, it's pretty close, yeah, yeah. It, except for the pirate story. You know, um, there's only so much you can do. Now, some of the complaints seemed like it was, there was too much. They tried to make it too close. I think and then, when you stylize things that shouldn't be stylized <laughs> is when it bumps people out, like the, right. the comedian rape scene. When yeah, it's like, it's like hyper stylized and like a music video, and like that should be like brutal and and, right. and muted and not cartoonish. Right. So the whole thing had the same sort of hyper realized tone, and some stuff in the book doesn't. Like even the colors sort of dim. Right. Like when uh, when the comedian shoots the pregnant woman in Vietnam, it doesn't look like a superhero book. Yeah. And when the rape happens, it's not a superhero book. Right. But in right. the movie, it kind of still is. Yeah. Yeah. You know, no, I, I know. That's hard that's, to deal with. That's true. I think maybe because I saw the movie first and then and then you know got into the the minutia of the book, I kind of forgot that part of it. Um, I like the movies about movies and the book is about comics though. Like the 
Watchmen the movie looks like a Joel Schumacher parody. There's like <laughs> right, nipples right. on costumes, and they're <laughs> right. all like latex. And it's vinyl. right. They steal a song from the Batman and Robin soundtrack for the for the soundtrack for Watchmen. I had no idea what song. It's a it's a Smash Pumpkin song, and it's called like from the beginning is the end or something. <laughs> God, now you're making me reevaluate the whole thing. But it's from the Batman and Robin <laughs> movie, and because because Warner Brothers owned it, they allowed them to do that, and like it's it's that's pretty funny to me. Yeah. Okay. I get all it. the rubber get abs it. and stuff. Well, I mean, it, I guess it was like. Politically, it seemed like he they were going there with this a little bit, like yeah, the totalitarian yeah, state. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's just um, how do you feel about the show coming out? Like, oh, the Watchmen show. Yeah, are you looking forward to that? Uh, or are you dreading it? I'm sort of like Watchmen now. Like, I feel like Watchmen <laughs> really hit me when I, I was a teenager. That was like. I don't know if comics have that much more to say to me. And then I read it and I was like, oh, they do. Right, right. And I didn't leave comics like most people do. Like yeah. I, I was stuck in there because of books like Watchmen. And I feel like it's tailor made for 15 year old boys and think they're too cool for comics. So like as a, <laughs> as a guy who's experienced the book many times and the movie, uh, I don't feel like Watchmen has more to say to me. But right. what if it does? Did you read Doomsday, what if I'm wrong? The, the Doomsday Clock? Or, I mean, oh, you're, man, I'm, you're I'm, a DC guy. You yeah, gotta, I can't. I don't know. I can't really talk it? about that that much. Like, what are your thoughts? I didn't read on, it on the creative I, well, like, aspects because you know the Alan Moore. Doing. I know, like, okay. I, I know a, a little bit about like let's talk about kind of how he was with the movie and like what nothing to do with it. And sure, I'm sure. Guess, guessing the same with all this too. And Gibbons isn't drawing them too, which is interesting because he was around. He, like he signed the movie set by right. graffitiing it, and he, he's not doing covers or drawing for this. And but they had like the, a top DC team do this. Is Jeff Johns? It's one of the it, suits. Right? Yeah, Jeff yeah. Johns. And so, like, yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'll take a look at it just out of curiosity. But it does seem like the business side of it is depressing. Like, really? Like, even if it's good, you'd be bummed that it was good. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't really know what to think about it. I'm I'm excited that I don't have to make those calls. Right. <laughs> and I, yeah. And, yeah. well, I mean, getting back to Superman, the whole the whole story with, um, you know, uh, Siegel and, Sh- and Schuster, it's like, yeah. it's pretty depressing, like, to think about. And, and We talk about guys like Siegel and Schuster and Jack Kirby and stuff, and then, like, we when we have guys who are alive... We sort of don't care as much about them as if as we do when they're dead, and we pretend that we did the whole time. Yeah, you're right, but there aren't there so many more guys now. And then the fact that like what Image did, it's like it made it you know it made me think about this. Like the whole reason I wanted to do a comic was we had this stupid idea, this 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 crazy idea about a baby. Wouldn't it be funny if this baby was just kicking everyone's ass? It's visually like, it's, so visually funny. it was just ridiculous. Yeah, we yeah. were in a cabin in Big Bear, and I'm sure there was a lot of alcohol involved at the time, <laughs> um, but. You know, we wouldn't let it go. It was 2006, mm-hmm. and and the part of the little backstory I started writing was like, well, imagine a future where, you know, someone like Donald Trump becomes president, and then like 20 <laughs> years later, an asteroid's about to hit, and then like they shoot a bunch of nukes at it, and then it breaks apart, and all the, the nukes come down, and about 80 percent of the population's wiped out, and it's this this glowing, you know, uh, post-apocalyptic world, yeah, yeah. and there's all these you know, fractured divisions of, like, the military and corporate armies and mm-hmm. stuff. So it's kind of Mad Max meets Idiocracy. It's, sure, it's sure. the basis of our story. That's a great pitch. Um, and, you know, he's, but it's all these comic tropes because we're like, okay, the baby's created in a lab and he escapes the lab. It's very it, Captain America. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's got it. all that stuff. I love it. But, I love but, it. but we tried to kind of, it's almost a mashup of a bunch of things. Mm-hmm. But in, in the end result, I think it's kind of something different too, if that makes sense. And it's just, it was just fun. But the more I treated it seriously, mm-hmm. the better I thought it became. It's like, sure. I'm going to take this ridiculous idea and I'm going to like really, really like, focus on it and pretend like okay if this really happened what would happen mm-hmm. and you know we've created this whole kind of world behind it and it's, it's fun do you think that's the sort of purpose of fiction is to walk us through these simulations of what if 
like Elseworld yeah. world style. Yeah, yeah, I, I think so. Mm-hmm. And and again, maybe that's why uh, this book spoke to me. And and also, like, I guess there's there's a lot of out there in comics that that does that, and I need to explore it a little more. But it's almost seems like it's overwhelming. Like I. Because I, I read about comics sometimes, and I don't read the comics, sure. so I know like okay, there's Spider Gwen, and there's all the, the Gwen Pool. Like I don't even know who these characters are sometimes. <laughs> like it seems like there's just so many. Like how do you even keep track of it? It's interesting because comics and superhero comics are a response to reality, right? They're yeah. they're a what if the people that were supposed to be in charge of us. Uh, were adequate <laughs> you know they're like what if mom and dad what if that feeling of being safe from mom and dad never went away right what if Wonder Woman Superman were there to protect us and it was amazing and then we make comics that are a response to those comics yeah that are like Red Sun where we talk about like well that'd be unrealistic but we already know that because we right. live in reality so I don't always understand the point of like tearing these things down like in Watchmen or like in Red Sun of, of deconstructing these characters and making them sort of realistic right like right. we already know what that's like I hear what you're saying because I guess it becomes like almost like a thing to do. Yeah, it's yeah. like another. Aren't I well, clever? there's a lot. Yeah, there's a lot of that. Um, and I'm not gonna poo-poo it because like I'm not clever enough to do it. So <laughs> um, you know, I, I have a very basic through line with ours. And again, like I'm still a very I'm a newbie when it comes to this, like especially with comic writing. Sure, sure. That's why I depend on guys like you to, <laughs> to tell me what's going on. Well, I like the the Batman character in this is aspirational kind of. He he believes in what he's doing and he's right. a terrorist, but he's like. Before he blows up Superman statues, he warns everybody. He's like, yeah. if you want to make a, a political stand, hang out and get blown up. But if you value your life, run. Yeah, like, yeah, he's yeah. not like Al-Qaeda. He's just this like almost an artist. He actually calls himself a terrorist in the the in the book. And Batman like, always yeah. is. Even yeah. the, the one we know and love like is a terrorist for yeah. sure. Like He strikes terror into the hearts of guys who deserve terror. Right. right, right. He's a terrorist on the side of the good guys. There's a lot of people that deserve that. Yeah. So on that note, I'm going to go um, salute the flag for half an hour. I love Trump. <laughs> All right. Well, we got that on tape. No. It's not true. All right. You're good. And we're back. Yeah. So I was talking about how great terrorism is, and now we're right. back. Uh, the Green Lantern character in this is based on Senator John McCain. Which oh yeah, is really funny to me. I did not know that. He's a POW in the story who like just spent all of his time thinking about how to torture those who tortured him. So he has these like constructs in his mind where he made a concentration camp, and they're like that's it's based on John McCain allegedly. I had no idea. Really, really funny. That's really cool. He was a real life war hero and, and bad guy. Oh, and, he, and and I guess he was probably very much in the news around the time they were finishing this one yeah, because yeah. To, the 2000 campaign, he ran for president mm-hmm. and lost to George Bush. Yeah, yeah. He's very, <laughs> it was like very Lex Luthor back then, too, where he was like sort of not, Republicans didn't like him and Democrats didn't like him, but right. he had this like independent base that was kind of interesting. The Maverick label. Yeah, yeah. Say, right, exactly. So very, very, uh, I think if you're looking to the U.S. to get politics right, he just liked that guy as a character. Right, right. I like the Bizarro in this universe, too, where they create a U.S. Superman. Yeah. And he has the U.S. instead he, of S on his chest. And he's kind of ugly, right? Like, he's, it's, like, he's like a monster. <laughs> yeah, he's terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that was interesting, though, because uh, they talk about when he goes up to meet the missile. Was mm-hmm. it, is it a missile that's yeah, coming yeah. in there? And yeah. Uh, Superman's like, I'm not sure if he even knows what he's doing mm-hmm. as he's sacrificing himself. Like, yeah, there's some, just some layers there. Yeah, exactly. I really like that. Then the best part of the story for me was when Lex tests Superman by having Spudnik 2 crash over Metropolis. Right. Because he wants to see if Clark will save Americans or not. Right, right. And he does, and it's yeah. amazing. And like, So we learn there that he's Superman still. He's not just one guy who's like beholden to a nation. Right. 
the same way that like Superman isn't beholden to America. People right. think that he's like a soldier, right? But he's a citizen of like the world. He flies faster than light, so he knows there aren't borders. He's been to space. Yeah. He can look down and see there's nothing there. Yeah, he even says that he goes, "I don't fight for a country. I fight for what's right. I yeah. fight for ideals that are right." So it didn't. So it was just that's the whole concept of the book. Like, where do you land? You yeah, know, yeah. Where, where are you going to land? And as Mark Miller, a Scottish kid who loved Superman, I'm yeah. sure his idea of Superman is wrapped around the idea that there are no borders. He's as equally Scottish as he is American, right. as he is Canadian, as he is right. Japanese. Well, there's even in the in the the beginning part of the book where the Soviet uh, propaganda is, you know, this it's a play on. The, the truth, justice, and the American yeah, way, yeah. and all that, and uh, they're like, "Who writes this stuff?" The yeah. guy says he does it well. It it all you know. That's how other people could see it too. Um, yeah. And I think sometimes I used to joke at, at times like our country would be like truth, justice, or the American way, you know. Mm-hmm. And and it all depends on how you look at it. It depends on who's in power, and it depends on what kind of like powers they're enacting. The story really challenges that that patriotism that I think most Superman fans have. Because uh, it talked about all that stuff, it's interesting for me. Seeing that on his chest really bums me out. The hammer and sickle, yeah, yeah, like yeah. It's, a, it's a top selling T shirt at Comic Con all the time. Oh, it is. And like kids wear it, and I'm always like, oh, like it really bothers yeah, me. Yeah, I don't like that. That's like the the Che shirts too. And it's like, you know, my wife's from Venezuela, and she's like, you really know the details <laughs> of that guy? Yeah, it's like no, kid from Silver Lake. Yeah, exactly. It's like, yeah. No, it's yeah, but it's just a symbol, right? And and anybody can wear it and, and change it or do anything with it. And that's what the Superman S is too. That's what the flag is. Right. So it, it just talks about all that, that national identity. And Superman 2 in this has the has a, a US, it actually just says US, the symbol. I yeah, think, the, right? the bizarro Superman right, does. Right. Yeah, yeah. I like that. I'll buy that shirt. <laughs> that one's good. Yeah, yeah. I like that, that, like you said, that one sacrifices himself. Even the clone of Superman mm-hmm. has the instinct to, rather than defeat his enemy, save the innocent. Yeah, makes I, that choice. I think that's how they describe it. It's almost like instinctual. Mm-hmm. So, that's yeah, pretty cool. And then also, the, isn't the Bizarro beat Lex in chess? And that's yeah, why that's why <laughs> that's he's why like, he was mad. This guy's crappy duplicate is smarter <laughs> than I am. I have to burn him alive. I hate him. But in the end, Lex seems to like he kind of wins out mm-hmm. in this. Um, and, and Brainiac seems to have like several incarnations in it too. Like throughout, yeah, he's a fun character. Brainiac's cool. <laughs> yeah, Lex is interesting to me because I feel like he genuinely like doesn't care about people he just cares if he wins and like when he has the best ideas he's just frustrated that you won't let him implement them right he's like sure i have to break every law known to man in order to enact my system of government but it's so much better than yours but that's not that's not democracy right like if people don't want it you can't force it on them that's the whole theme of this book but but he's just as much a tyrant as superman yeah it's really funny well i made it through that book (laughs) and i I th- you know, it's like I listened to um, they they did a, a motion thing to to brush up. I watched the the motion, oh, the motion graphics. Comics? Yeah, there's yeah, a motion yeah. comic. I'm not a big fan of that, but it was like something I could listen to in the car. Is like I got to remember all these details. I guess Bruce Tim wants to uh, make a animated feature too, like an actual proper cartoon. I th- and I also saw that I think Mark Miller was saying that someone at Warner Brothers was looking into doing this as a feature too. If if they were smart, it seems like you could do kind of what Star Wars does with the mm-hmm. off stories. Yeah, like yeah. You could do something like that. Just, you know, just have a smaller budget and just make a cool Superman story. That's what they're doing now. They're contacting like really creative folks to do weird one-offs. Like right. they're making a Joker solo. I heard that like too. That. I yeah. heard, yeah. So. You're, you're a DC guy, right? I am. Part. I am. Right. Uh, unless you're a Marvel editor listening to this, <laughs> then I am dyed in the wool Spider-Ham. Right, right. But yeah, no, I'm, I'm DC for sure. DC is, is like... Where I feel like I live in Metropolis and not in LA. Like in my head, like that's where I spend most of my time. That's a cool place to be. I feel like I've been there. I feel right. like they're real people. It's insane. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So you're 
you know everything about comics, right? No, see, I, I have Does my someone own... tell you a character, and you're like, I have no idea who that character is, or do you know every character? I don't know. See, I have my own versions of all this stuff. Like, I, I've, I go now to DC for like pitch meetings, and I yeah. work there a little bit. I have a book coming out in March that I can't talk about, but it'll be really exciting. And uh, I, that. I pitch these characters. And I say things about them that no one else has written, but they're just true to me. Right. I'm like, oh, where is that? Like, oh, I don't, when I was in the eighth grade, I decided that was like my headcanon for like the Blue Beetle or whatever. And like, I just have these ideas about them. Th- well, they that's, that's going to serve you well then, like when you're, when you're writing these things. Yeah. I hope, I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. So you, are you an independent comic guy mostly? <laughs> a little bit of that too. But yeah. again, like I, I came late to it where like I talked to a few friends that are, you know, really in the comics and they would just give me suggestions. So I was like, okay, I, I got to start here, you know, and you know, read some Alan Moore stuff or Frank Miller and um, some independence here and there. Sure. I think like there was a, there was the, this, this series that I really liked called um, Kill, uh, Kill Strike. Oh, kill strike! Oh know, yeah, is that, yeah. Is it Max yeah. Bendis? Is that the, the, the uh, a Bemis? Right? Bemis, Bemis. Sorry, not Bendis. Yeah, from Boom Studios. Yeah, yeah. And I liked it a lot. But to me, that was like, even though I'm not that guy that knows about comics, mm-hmm. um, I still appreciate it. It seemed like it was a little bit inside. Sure, sure. But it's about the '90s. It's about the '90s comics, yeah. and I laughed a lot about that. And I knew a little bit about those, you know, those Image comics and the pouches. And yeah, so, yeah. so Baby Badass has a little of that too. It was very specifically kind of like a, you know, very graphic violence and, and a 90s kind of sensibility like over the top cartoon fun yeah a little bit yeah. um and again like the violence is crazy there's like a three-page spread i think one of the reviews was like it's just like 10 pages of like him just ripping people's like spines out and stuff <laughs> i was like well it's not 10 pages um but you do it have to kind of like make a little bit of a splash with independent comics because yeah. there's just so much stuff out there now mm-hmm. you know so um, that's the tone who have a baby visiting ultraviolence on gangsters. Like, right, you know right. The and they're about bad guys. He's killing Nazis, you know, for the yeah. crime. If we can't kill Nazis, who can we kill yeah. these days? If you're against that, then I'm suspicious. Especially as of you, frankly. Right? It's what? If you're against that, then you're the enemy, frankly. Yeah, that's what I yeah. say. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. you know, I can't believe it's so controversial about <laughs> punching Nazis again. Like, I, I think I got into a thing online. I was being shamed because I took some small satisfaction of Richard Spencer being punched. And it's like, well, you're no better than, than they are. It's like, well, <laughs> really? Like, okay, I guess I'm sorry that he, that someone punched a Nazi, you know? And it's like, why, why should I feel bad about that? Like, you know, it's like being nice is not going to win anymore. And that's also what part of this book is. It's like there's a certain element of, 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 of comic lovers that I'm sorry they're 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 probably like not the best type of person mm-hmm. and that doesn't mean you have to ignore that or just well I still hope they buy my books like no, I don't want them to buy my book yeah, yeah. Uh, you know and so yes there's violence and there's sex and violence and there's all kinds of crazy over the top yeah. stuff but at the heart of it it's it's going to be like you know a, a progressive story I know the argument is that you want them to read it so that you can change their mind but I don't <laughs> I don't know if that really ever happens probably not yeah I don't know man it's really interesting like. Uh, yeah, super... you can't be too obvious too, and you can't be like you're not gonna like you know trick someone into like oh all of a sudden I'm gonna respect women and this it's like no that's just not gonna happen like but I think it's you... subtly though because I think reading One Woman and Sailor Moon as a kid just amidst Aquaman and Batman yeah. and Superman it made me not think that women were different like I know that Sailor Moon was a book that I loved was like written and drawn by a woman uh-huh. and it starred women and that was it wasn't like political to me at all it was just another cool comic right, right, right. so as an adult that's sort of like how I see people right. and I think, that, I think that definitely influenced that it wasn't like a political book they were fighting monsters yeah. they weren't fighting like communists right, right. they were fighting moon people right. uh, but I just saw them as like equals because why wouldn't you But it, and if you're not exposed to that kind of stuff 
I think you might kind of, it, it could lead to you not seeing people who are brown skin as being a hero or, or seeing like right. gay folks as being like as cool as Wolverine, you know, right. like Wolverine's why I don't hate Canadians. <laughs> so <laughs> well, this gets into like a larger discussion about just kind of where we are as a society right now. And, you know, it, it is this, this weird mix of, you know, um, older white folks that, uh, you know, they have a lot of kind of anger sure, and sure. then like a lot of younger white folks have a lot of anger and kind of like <laughs> join forces like unknowingly together. Like, yeah, yeah. um, and, and I think, you know, that's the diversity people are complaining about diversity in comics and it's like, that's not the problem. And so they feel like it's being force fed or, or whatever. And I don't think so. I think it's just like, it's, it's being exposed and there's a lot of people that don't like it. And yeah. now they have a voice. Unfortunately, it seems like it's getting louder and louder. But that has to be countered. As a comics guy, it's weird to me that people always think, just even non-politically, that like whatever's on the new release shelf is the entirety of comic books. Right. So like, if, if Thor is a woman for a minute, now Thor's a woman. Like, but there's books from 40 years ago that you haven't read I guarantee right. you haven't read every Thor comic <laughs> you can go read that are awesome like go read some like uh, Walt Simonson stuff it'll, right, be a, it'll right, blow right, your mind right, like, right, right. you could go to the library maybe have fun but like just because we're ha- experiencing a, a phase right now where more diversity is happening in comics yeah and film and, and society in general no of course it doesn't and it's like you can just go it's not like it. don't like it. it it's the argument i had with someone one time it's like you know he was complaining about you know s s you know SJW. and yeah. i'm like it, somehow it is not this equivalent like this false equivalency of like oh they're they're just as bad as like the five thousand years of the matriarchy <laughs> and like you know oppression like yeah. no it doesn't equal that at all it's <laughs> like as it's as bad as the nazi yeah it's so funny so yeah. you see a lot of that thinking and it's like man these guys are kind of screwed up a little bit yeah yeah i think every i think it's a human desire to experience strife that's why we uh create video games and stories and like for people who don't have any like hardship in their life they go looking for it because it's a rite of passage right when we were tribal people we used to reenact this and create these like majestic plays with each other to like experience crossing a threshold and slaying a dragon and becoming something dying and being reborn yeah now we do it through video games we respawn on halo and that's us dying and being reborn or we read a comic book where it's things get hairy in the second act by the third we're back to where we were and it's amazing and like culturally i think when you're so decadent we can only fight with each other like the the vietnam of today is on twitter which oh, is like that's so that's it's like such a cesspool it's man. the it's nicest really war we've ever had <laughs> that's we're, true we're yeah but there are real grammar. world ramifications of all this and i think yeah. like what we're seeing is and it's just my opinion but this disconnect that people aren't really face to face anymore and they can say whatever they want online and it's like you know, social media and, and the internet, I used to think, well, this is going to be the great equalizer. We've got all, <laughs> this in, beautiful all the information <laughs> at our fingertips. Like, this is going to be amazing. And it's like, well, now there's disinformation at our fingertips. Yeah. And that's the louder voice. And it's a little scary because, you know, I don't know if you watch Black Mirror or any of that stuff. Yeah, but I've like, not seen it all, but I like what I've seen. Yeah. And, and, and I'm, a, I'm a futurist. And I, you know, I, part of like, I actually sent this book to Ray Kurzweil and, uh, I don't know if you know him at yeah. all, but, but it's like he's he's a Google and he's you know he's this great futurist and he really believes that in the future there'll be little nanobots and, and they'll be able to fix our uh, any cell damage and yeah. he really believes in the, the he believes in the beauty of the future and like AI and a lot of other people feel like well this is going to be mishandled or or, or abused like anything and, we've ever had as human beings <laughs> if we can't handle Twitter like here's nanotech and, yeah, yeah or like there's going to be winners and losers with that stuff and it might be really ugly Do you like Gibson William Gibson. 
Uh, I know a little he bit. You wrote like Neuromancer. Yeah. He yeah. has this quote where the future is here. It's just not evenly distributed. That's a good quote. And I think about LA where there's like certain parts of town where you see a lot of flip phones and, and like uh, people hacking into the electrical grid to get water, to, to get heat uh, for yeah. like space heaters for right. tents because they live in tents outside. But they're like hacking. They, they have like electri- like electrician skills right, in order right. to do this. And like it's that, really it's that weird combination of like like a little bit of uh, primal with the with 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 future technology and yeah, yeah. like tapping into natural resources, which are like now Wi-Fi and stuff. And it's it's so interesting that like yeah, the future's crazy. The and future's we're all, crazy. We're all turning each other into symbols like superheroes. Like right. we're not seeing each other as human beings with nuanced personalities, and that like. You could do something wrong on Monday and do something right on Tuesday. We, so you have to be like, nope. You know what? Let's uh, burn this woman alive. She said the wrong thing on Twitter. Right. Uh, so now she's or, damned forever. Or in the past, or go back twenty ten or ago. twenty years. And and you know, I mean, everyone's got to be responsible. I, I get that, but sometimes it's a little slippery. This slope that we're on, and I I have no idea where where it's going to go. But it's interesting times to live in. There's definitely both sides. If there are two sides, or uh, believe that like the way to get to utopia is to weed out the bad guys and not to not to like raise everyone equally or to like have compassion or to teach educate like it's to build a wall or it's to like ostracize and witch hunt it's like it's to eliminate the bad element which is that's nazi crap like that's uh, red sun superman (laughs) dystopian nonsense and who makes those choices and like whoever's in power and i'm sorry it's usually the that's that was part of uh, back to the bad. They're talking about the the, the top one percent gets gets even worse, and then Jesse's like, "It's worse than it is now because it's set in 2013." It's, it's heavy. Dude. That's heavy, bitch. Um, so yeah, uh, I mean, I, I guess I wouldn't want to be alive any other time than now, but it would be nice if things were going a little better, especially like you know on a political level right now. This is. I think this is the second time we've made a really bad turn and taken two steps back. What's the that proverb one? where it's like, may you live in interesting times? <laughs> like right now, like, oh, it's interesting. Probably everyone says that, I guess, at yeah, some point. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it is, it's interesting. I guess I'll take interesting over not. So what superhero can save us from this, Dave? <laughs> Only baby badass can do this. Yes. He, is, he is the super anti-hero the future needs the right, right now. No, uh, that's a shameless plug. Um, I love it. What is your vision? I, I like Wonder Woman. I'm sorry. I'm still a Wonder she's Woman amazing. person. She's awesome. She's better than Superman in a lot of ways. Like I think, <laughs> you know, because she's, I don't know. I think maybe it was the, the George Perez books that really made me like, That's your I liked her. Like I liked everyone in the books for the most part. Like, you know. She was definitely trained to be a weapon though. Like she seems like she was born and, and engineered to do something. Yeah. And Clark, my favorite thing about Superman is that he's just a dude. Like, right. He wasn't sent to Earth from Krypton. He was just shunted out in, a, in like a Moses style. So would he, be, would he be just a normal dude on Krypton? Like it, yeah. w- everyone was like Superman on Krypton. Was, everyone was, was just a normal dude. Was his dad... They could all fly just, and do stuff. No, like, no, they're all just normal dudes because the, the gravity was the gravity, was ten right. times it was here, and the the sun was a red sun, right. which inhibits their abilities. Superman is a mutant, like the X Men. So, like when he was shot here as a baby, he was exposed to the radiation of Earth's yellow sun. Always the radiation, and his cells were irradiated. Yes, yeah. Right. See, this so is why I come to you because you know every Krypton. detail of this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he, even in his own world, he'd be he'd be different and. He's like a solar battery, so he he's right. charged by the earth, and the longer he's here, the stronger he gets. So when he was a boy, he was just a normal guy. He was just one of the dudes, and slowly his powers developed as he got older. And and the older he, the longer he survives, the more godlike he becomes. Ah. So like his powers kicked in one at a time, just like puberty for us does. So when he was a boy, he didn't have powers. He had no idea he was different at all. So in the movie, the, when he lifts the car when he's a baby. Yeah, that's nonsense. Yeah, that's nonsense. Yeah. So yeah. they they deviated. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, I guess really way initially they had super baby. 
Yeah. But the the modern post eighties idea of Superman, uh, post like Man of Steel, right. John Byrne, is that they developed slowly. And that's how you get things like Smallville, where it's like this whole season he d- gets super speed. Oh, Next season oh, oh, he gets oh, heat vision. That's and... kind of cool. See, I, I actually didn't watch Smallville. I did watch Lois and Lois and. Uh, I loved that. <laughs> Lois and Clark, right? Mm-hmm. Is that what it's called? That was fun. That, um, was, fun. that was a fun one. But uh... so that's why he he feels like he's one of us because he was until he was twelve, and then he started to hear voices, and he's like, "Oh no, I'm going crazy." And then he was like, "Oh no, it's the orphanage two cities away," and like he had to control that stuff. What is your favorite Superman story? Oh man, it's hard to choose. I have a tattoo from Birthright, which is the Mark Wade story that I like a lot. Did he hits... know that when you when you brought him into the? Yeah, <laughs> I I, uh, I I like tapped it and I was like, <laughs> this started glowing in the dark, so I knew you were in the building. <laughs> we're talking about uh, he came to suit my class yes. one time. Mark Wade, I saw him at, at a we're at Meltdown Comics. Take Eric's class, by the way. He's Thanks. an awesome teacher Thank and you. an awesome guy. And Mark was in the in the building, and I yeah. grabbed him for my class. I was like, this, is kind of, and this is kind of thing he'll do. He'll bring in like legends and talk to everyone. It's pretty cool. <laughs> he was just like waiting to meet some friends at dinner, and he like used the bathroom meltdown. Like, 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 like forty him. minutes too, and like patiently answered questions. He, he was it. funny and charming, and now he's really nice. Mark's cool. the best, best writer, best guy, big fan. Yeah, big fan. So yeah, I like that story a lot. Um, I like All Star because it's about the death of Superman. And I feel like that's the adventure we all have coming. Is so, that the one that ended with that that issue? Um, or, the Grant Morrison story. That's oh, like um, the the famous death of Superman. Is that is that where that started? Oh no, that no? that was from the nineties. That yeah, was like with fighting Doomsday and stuff. Yeah, that was a different story. That's also fun. Okay, um, that one was cool because I like that when Superman died, people tried to fill his place, and it was a big discussion about what the Superman of the 90s would look like. Like, what is a man now in right. the 90s? And, like, is it this guy who's, like, really smart and has tech skills, like, like Steel? Or is it, like, this young, brash, extreme nacho cheese Dorito kid, like, <laughs> Superboy? Or is it is it a woman? Is it Supergirl? What was the answer to that? Uh, Superman just came back. He did. <laughs> That's always <laughs> the answer, right? But he sort of learned from all of them, and then he made a team of them. Like, they became... Mark Miller actually wrote a book called Team Superman. Okay. And it was all those characters. So the answer was that there is no ideal. There is no such thing as a, a Nietzschean, Aryan Superman. Right. It's just like trying your best, and, and every every culture should have their own ideal that we should strive toward. Like it's not just one dude. That's a, that's a that's that's nice. I like that. So they didn't retire into those characters. They've all been around since then and, and evolved into newer, better versions of themselves. That's really cool. That's very cool. You've watched the Steel movie with Shaq. <laughs> The Shaq movie? Shaquille or? O'Neal no. played uh, Steel, who was the Iron Man version of Superman from the 90s. I See, this I did not know. It's amazing. And he has a tattoo of the Superman symbol, and it's just in the movie. They didn't put makeup over it or anything. And they actually do a close-up at one point. Really? This is made of steel. Was it a DC movie? Yeah, it's Warner Brothers. Yeah, yeah, it's a Warner Brothers character. I had no idea. I thought there was just some one-off thing that like Shaq started. No, like no. Shazam. Yeah, no. It's, it's a DC movie. And they mentioned like a million times, they're like, Boy, you ain't no Batman. Boy, you sure ain't Superman. And really? like they're talking down about the guy whose movie I just paid to see. <laughs> the entire time. <laughs> but but yeah, like, now I have to check out Steel. He's great. Okay, I love Steel. The uh, character it's, Steel. It's very cool. It's very Tony Stark. Oh, uh, okay. He was a guy who like he was a weapons designer, and they became just a dude who was working at a construction site, and he started to fall off. And Superman saved him, and he was like. Oh man, how can I repay you? And Superman nervously, very Chris Reeve was like, uh, "Just live a life worth living." And then, because that's an awkward conversation, <laughs> right? Have, and right. He flew away, and the guy took it as like scripture, right? And he's like, "I must become a Superman. I have to fight crime. I have to dedicate all my time and money and resources to fighting evil." And like, he took that to heart. And Clark doesn't even remember that conversation happening. It's like one thing in one second of his day. So he, so he applies himself Iron Man style, like with technology. He, suit. Ah, he becomes the Batman of Metropolis, basically, and he's called Steel. And he's based on the old John Henry myth, 
from America. Oh, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he has a giant hammer and stuff. And See, now I want to see it. I never thought I'd want to see a Shaquille O'Neal movie. That's You've pretty, made me want to see this. I have it on VHS <laughs> if you want to borrow it. It's pretty <laughs> it's awesome. very retro. <laughs> um, I think you were asking me before, too, like, or part of the, this is you know, how does Superman apply to your life? Yeah, and, yeah. Um, I mean, dad was a steel worker. And when yeah. I think about, like, he was in, they call it an iron worker, but he was in the steel workers union in, in Pittsburgh. And, you know, he worked on all the skyscrapers and bridges there and stuff. And, and you know, he was like, he's kind of my personal hero, even though he's, flawed in a lot of ways like everyone is but he was just a good guy you know um and maybe just that that steel aspect and um i mean i guess we watched even the 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 shorts because we used to kind of laugh at some of the old black and white um there was a show right yeah was it not was it george 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 yeah Yeah. he wasn't like in the best shape or maybe i'm just imagining it wrong was he kind of kind of blocky he's just a dude right and Mm -hmm. so we thought that was kind of funny but we watched that we watched you know, we watched all the shows. Superman's and, magic. Like, it's not muscles that make him strong. It, right. It's Kryptonian nonsense science. Yeah, it's yeah, It's a fairy yeah. tale. Yeah. So, like, when they make him look like he's ripped, like Henry Cavill, well, man of, why would you Superman do that? Superman for all seasons is kind of like that, though, isn't he? Big, like, giant, like kind of, dude. Kind of re- like the triangle look, right? Um, but Christopher Reeve, that's what, to me, made him, like, the perfect Superman. Because he was in good shape and everything, but yeah, yeah. he wasn't, like, rippling with muscles or anything. He looked like a swimmer. Which yeah. is, makes sense for a guy who flies. That's right. He sort of looks like a swimmer guy. Yeah, Henry Cavill looks like he could eat Clark Kent to me. Like, you would know he's Superman. Right, and then they add the suit on top of it, which I think has a little more <laughs> going on. To it. Yeah, exactly. It's a little it. too much, but... Um, so funny. Yeah. Do you think they're going to put this red underwear back on for the... For the movies? The next one? I don't know. Is there another solo Superman coming out? <laughs> uh, oh, my gosh. <laughs> Who knows? I hope they do one-offs. I would love to see, like, a Pixar-style Superman, like an Incredibles-style Superman. Like CGI animated, right? Because we've never seen that yet with Superman. They don't do that. They the Batman movies they do like the they animated. do two D animated. Oh, right. They did like a. I just want to see like a modern three D Pixar style. Like I think that's that what would kids be fun. Like. Yeah, and like to get the weight of the character would be fun. Like you get the Fleischer ass back on them. Is like, this an official pitch right now? I would. Yeah, let's do it. Let's if anyone's listening, he is pitching it right now. Superman movie, Pixar. It'd be amazing. All right. Well, now, yeah, they own, they own it. They own everything, right? Oh, that's that's Marvel, right? Disney, they, they're Disney. not buying Warner Brothers yet. <laughs> that's, that's, that's next They've on the list, Fox. right? They're like the Borg. I mean, they're going to be pretty much, yeah, one world, one world government. Do you like any other versions of Superman from any other companies? Like, there's the Century or Mister Majestic, or oh, that's funny. I don't think I know enough about that. Like, I, I, I know they're, one? I know they're out there. It's just that. Um, I mean, there's also independent ones too, isn't there? That yeah, invincible. Coming out there. Yeah. Do you have any like superhero archetype type folks coming up in Baby Badass? Like your version? Oh, of actually, America? yeah. In the third one, because uh, because Mother is the evil um, acronym. It's called mm-hmm. the, it's the military organization to harness evolutionary resources, and so they're the good. ones that create Baby so Badass. Good. You know, and he escapes, and Colonel Kildroy. It's very like like you said, Hulky, and mm-hmm. and um, and so there's all these failed experiments that they're kind of like the island of misfit toys so when you when they get to the way underground which is the resistance in the future um there's a there's a guy there that uh that has a bunch of the misfits there and they're called superfluous six and and so (laughs) they're on the cover of the third issue and it's very it's a very jack kirby cover like it's it was it it was kind of an homage and um they're in there there's like a uh, Dave Inport or the Ottoman Empire, and he's like a half man, half couch hybrid. Um, <laughs> That's really yeah, funny. The Ottoman Empire, the Ottoman Empire. and um, yeah, and there's there's some there's like there's five of them, and then there's one that you don't see later. But yeah, it's kind of like 
that's our that's our superhero crew and, and, and baby badass. They're the misfit experiments. That's cool. So that's similar to the impulse that made Mark write Red Sun, right? People want to like rewrite these these iconic yeah. archetypes. What do you think that is? And people like and and writers that like you want to do. People sometimes want to more than create an original thing. Like for myself right. in, included, I've created a lot of like parodies of stuff. Gregory Graves coming yeah, out yeah, is yeah. just straight up. Can't like, wait to see Lex that. Luther type thing right, right, right. Created. What what? Why do we have that in us to rewrite these myths? I I think part of it is that it's just so ingrained in our in our consciousness and mm-hmm. like this is like this where you grow up the stories you see like even if you think you're creating something original mm-hmm. usually it's going to be some variation of something or some hybrid sure, sure. of something oh, else crap, i mean you could try to sit there and go i'm going to create something original even like our thing it's like it's not there's nothing that's super original <laughs> you know that you can just only try to like add to it so it becomes its own thing but it seems like everything's kind of been done Sure, sure. What do you think there is in Baby Badass that is uh, intrinsic to that story? Like, what is it about you that you bring to the post-apocalyptic genre, which has been done many times very well, that makes your book stand equally tall? Part of it, I think, is, and and honestly, I I want it to be like, this is like the birth of America. It's kind of a parallel, even though it's a new world. it's It's the new America. It's the new West. It's like... The birth of America was bloody and violent, mm-hmm. and this baby is born into this world. He doesn't oh, know who like he is. Yeah. And Joey is the the waitress that kind of finds him in the desert. And she is, I describe her as like, she's like Lady Liberty. It's like the duality of America. It's like the violence and then the the beacon of like truth and justice and, and honesty and purity. Mm-hmm. And they kind of come together, and it's like a, a new hope for a new future. Oh, so man, such a great It kind of seems ridiculous with the idea, but it's in there. And, and she actually becomes the protagonist in a lot of ways. Like I she is that. this 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 empowered like person that uh, has a great backstory and you find out more later hopefully when we do the second arc you'll that's see that's amazing so yeah. if folks want to read your book which they should where can they find you and the book online uh, I'm at Schraderopolis on Twitter can but you there's uh, S-C-H-R-A-D-E-R O-P-O-L-I-S hmm. I think that's how you say it Opopopolis <laughs> right sure uh, but but there's baby at, babybadass.com and um, babybadass on Facebook and Action Lab Danger Zone is the one that's that's doing the publication. So it's coming out in February, March, April, and then the trade paper back in May. I think we're going to have a signing here at Meltdown, too. Excellent, excellent. Uh, probably the first weekend of March if it's open. That would be great. I got to talk cool. to them. Very so, cool. So, yeah, we'll see. Awesome. Well, this interview was badass. How appropriate. <laughs> I really appreciate it. Thanks Thank so you, much. Appreciate it, man. All right. Bye. Ooh, super friends with Eric Esquivel.